Hello, my name is Kyle Wise. Oh, you sound quite clear for... Uh, tell us where you're dialing in from, Kyle. I am dialing in from the 110 freeway, currently <laughs> at a standstill. <laughs> well, we are live in the afterthoughts section of our podcast, Well, That Fucked Me Up, with Luke, who's at home. And Kyle, who's in traffic. <laughs> this is LA's about back, baby. LA's back, baby. Uh, on the day that the COVID restrictions were lifted, on a on a monumental day, yeah. where we can now walk freely among the aisles of the local supermarket or grocery store unmasked. So while I have you, um, we've just listened to Anthony's story and. I, you know, I put a disclaimer at the beginning of that. We thought that was a sensible idea, didn't we, Kyle? Yeah. What do they say? There's a lot of journeys that lead to the same place. There are a lot of pathways that lead to the same place. And what works for one person may not work for another person. And, and there's a couple of things that work. And, you know, so we're not one to judge. I I think that's brilliant, Kyle. And I, I think it's it's one of the most fascinating the most fascinating episodes to date because I mean let's just let's just play play this back to his childhood I mean that is that's one of the most traumatic childhoods I I've heard of for for a long time and we've certainly spoken to some people on this not to not to take away from other people's experiences because I think even Christina said on last week's episode your trauma is valid no no matter how big or small everything affects people in a different way but the tug, yeah. of, the tug, the physical tug of war between his mother and father in the in the post office or wherever it was, um, at, with the with an actual physical custody battle, not you know regard, regardless of courtrooms and who who's assigned to who, he was a he was the he was the rope in the tug of war. Like legally, divorce is about property and custody. Correct. But it's never that simple. It's never like. Oh, she gets the house and I get the boat and everything's fine. It's like this fucking person did this and fuck this person and Well, often it's because things have gone awry. Um and it's a, it's an ugly business. Um it really is. And up to, all, all too often the children are caught in the middle. Um yeah. but but you know, I'm sure we'll have a divorce I'm sure we'll have a divorce based episode on, no doubt. Um you know, poor Anthony was just completely and utterly as a kid just stuck in the middle. And the how articulate of him just to figure all... I mean, it's taken him a while, but to figure out all of this stuff out with his relationships and his yeah. drive and how he was really chasing the wrong thing. He was really um, seeking a happy, a false happiness, which wasn't making him happy. Yeah, and I, and I related a lot to that, where it's like, this. I feel like you can go both ways, and one where you're completely apathetic, and you're like, nothing matters, I don't care. Or, well, me, it was like, I was driven into, like, sports, and mm. I, I wanted to be the best. It's important that I have to be the best, because that validates me, because my parents had their own demons, and yeah. they, you know, and I, so I, I related completely to that, especially with my own trauma and the, the relationships. Yeah, that's very well said. And it is often sometimes 
you come from a place of of you know just feeling nothing and feeling like you aren't worth anything and and you start seeking for that worth and that value in all in all the wrong places um interesting how he spoke about his um relationships with you know affectionate female relationships and um and his what he thought was this desire to be successful and earn money and then with the covid everything you know, right up until the end, I wanted him to recap that, what he'd been through, because that that just all came full circle. You know, he was, his fiance left him, his business collapsed. It is, it's rough. Um, but he always had this knowledge that he w- could be or would be a leader and he could help people. And once he had his epiphany and once he had his realization, he decided this is what he wanted to do to start to help other people that were in a similar situation and similar trouble that he was. You know, I don't want to minimize anybody's trauma, and this is only speaking for me. But I remember early on, I'd be like, oh, man, why was I raped? Why was I beat? Why was I, did I go through all this stuff? And God, where are you? Or higher power, universe, whatever you want to call it. And I remember thinking, it came to me. It was a quiet thought. But it was like, maybe the only fucking reason I went through all of this is because, one, Humans just have free will, and sometimes shit happens. Mm. And two, maybe it's because I went through it. Maybe somewhere else down the line, I can help somebody else. That's it, dude. That's it. And I feel like there's a rallying cry from a lot of our guests exactly doing the exact same thing, which is I've learned from my experience, and other people are going through it, and here's what I want to do to help. Now, in Anthony's case... That's the first um, psychedelic-assisted therapist I've met. I still don't think it's right for you or I to form a kind of an outside opinion on that because at the end of the day, I you know I do therapy, but some might look upon that as total what as not their um, thing of choice. Um, drug taking, drinking. Um, Everyone does, everyone does it and everyone's entitled to do it. And everyone, um, I guess should keep an open mind. And and I would imagine some of our listeners have done it or want to do it or find the, the concept of it extremely fascinating. Early on in my life, when I started to unravel this trauma, I went, so you know, ayahuasca. Of course. I was about to mention ayahuasca. Yeah. So realistically you're supposed to go to like the amazon you're supposed to get a shaman but i was a baller on a budget so i went and saw some white dude with dreads in the valley (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't a great experience like you're supposed to have like a drum circle yeah and he just put like a cd yeah and i almost shit my pants i was like talking to a ficus yeah so i didn't the full experience on that. Yeah. However, I did do shrooms a few times and never really had a bad experience. Yeah. The problem with me, though, Mm. is I can't do drugs like a gentleman. I can't snort cocaine like a gentleman. I can't, you know. I, I hear you. And for me, there isn't going to be able to be a detachment between acid and MDMA 
for recreational purposes into something that I can use for, for therapeutic purposes. And that's just me. And that's because of my history. And that's because of experiences that I've had in the past. And, and, you know, before Anthony came on, I explained all that to him. And he said, well, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful forum and it's a great debate. Um, and like I said, it's free choice. Um, we're neither, um, telling people not to or, or, or we're neither telling people they should. I think he has told us enough of a very, very inspiring story. Um, for people to uh, make their own opinion and decision about, you know, whether that would be something they would, they would want to do. Uh, but I just, it's fascinating. Also, the crazy world that we live in, which is, especially in California, um, which is, you know, marijuana was, uh, was available for therapeutic purposes. And then they just thought, scrap that. Uh, and now it's just available full stop. You can just get it on any high street corner, which is insane. And happening across the around the world now. Anthony says the same will be happening with mushrooms, and the same will be happening for MDMA for specific um, for specific therapeutic purposes as well. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, what, what? Who's to draw? Where's to draw the line if something's legal and something's easily accessible? Just like alcohol is when you walk to the corner and the supermarket or the bar or the restaurant. Who? Where? What? What's what? You know? Yeah, I mean. To Anthony's credit, they've done research at the VA with, like, vets coming back from the war. Yes. And they've, they've had, they've, a lot of them have responded pretty positively with microdosing mushrooms. Yes. But then there's all the other side of it. I think it's just like if you're an addict or not. I, I would be inclined to agree with you, and I don't suppose you'd be getting any ex-addicts or ex-alcoholics rushing to start microdosing or do drug-based or related therapies. But again, not not for us to call out, but very interesting and a good point. And I, I think, uh, Kyle, this feels like something you'd say, but I'm not too sure either you or I could manage to sustain the micro in the word, in the term microdosing. We'd, we'd end yeah, up... A lot, a lot of micros equal a macro. We'd, yeah, we'd end up maxi-dosing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, thanks for calling from the uh, wonderful traffic-filled freeways of LA. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. Actually, the reception's been quite good. I, I know. I, I got the 5G. I got the 5G, y'all. 